Welcome to Squaring the Circle, the podcast where I chat to creative business owners to see how they balance the art and the business. Ian Genius, welcome to Squaring the Circle. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. So, um, people that would have listened to this podcast uh, a few times would know that every few episodes, um, I like to speak to people outside of the creative industry that can serve the creative industry. And of course, well, I'll get your introduction in a second. Um, but it was really interesting. Just just before we came on air, you were talking about the creative things that you've done within your business in terms of sales and, and social media. So we may come on to that. Um, but just so um, the listeners have some context, do you want to introduce yourself um, and what you do? So I am the ingenious with an ingenious alternative to selling. So um, I am Ian and I'm the world's thickest genius, right? Does does that even make sense? And the thing is, it, it does make sense, right? Um, so my passion is making it easy to buy for clients to take the most help, to make the best choices. But we know that clients often don't, right? They are, they don't. Instead of taking the gold service, they take the bronze service. Instead of taking three services that you're recommending that will all help them in a slightly different way, they say, can I go for one, please? Instead of using your entire course, they take a session, right? So they're not making the best choice. Or if they don't use you at all, you know, they go to your cheaper competition, they do it themselves or they do nothing at all. They've got a problem, but they're not choosing you to solve it. That definitely isn't the best choice. So for me, it comes down to choices. Before a client can use you, first they have to choose you. And that's where lieth the problem. Humans don't make the best choices. So my passion isn't getting better at selling. Selling stinks, right? I hate selling. I hate being sold to. I hate being manipulated. I hate being persuaded. I hate being convinced because it's dodgy as sin. I don't want to put, don't want someone putting me in a headlock and saying, buy my old crap, right? I don't want to be put in a fight or flight scenario where I've either got to say, make up some old cobblers like, um, oh, I forgot my wallet or I need to run it past my wife. I'm not even married. Right? I don't want, why do you want this? Don't put me in a fight or flight. Make it so easy to buy that I'm closing my own sales. So that's what it's all about. That's why it's an ingenious alternative to selling because I ain't going to show them how to get better at selling. I'm going to show them how to make it easier to buy so that they close their own sales. They say, I want that. So you don't need to say, do you want that? Blimey. What a great intro that was. Okay, so I think we're, I think we're on the same page of of your your kind of angle, um, in terms of sales. So that it, it leads perfectly onto the first the first proper question I had really. So, and it's a really wide one. It's a nice easy one for you, but in in if you can sum it up, you know how how can creative business owners improve their sales numbers? Okay, so again, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it take away that it's about creativity just for a second right it comes down to is someone making the best choice right nothing more than that so what 
if someone isn't making a best choice, if you know they've got a problem, you've got the solution, right? And you know you're the best solution to the problem, and three times out of 10, they say yes, but that means seven times they said no, or six times they say, yes, I want to use you, but out of those six times they say, I want to use you, five times they pick your bronze service, take one of your services, use you for a little bit instead of a long period of time. It's not a good choice. So now the question is, how do you help people make better choices? So the question really is, what's stopping someone make a good choice? I've put it into three categories. I failed every single one of these categories the more times than you've tried, right? I've counted up how many hours I've messed it up. So, but it's those hours I've messed it up working out how to get it right. So if you're not confident selling yourself, is it possible they're not confident buying? If you don't believe categorically that you are the best solution to their problem, that your service solves it better than anything else, if you don't completely believe it, is it possible they don't completely believe it? I'm not talking about you need to be a master of body language, NLP or any of this, I'm not, but it's, it stands to reason that would make sense. So the, and then people make assumptions, right? So let's say you had a gold service but you're thinking this person's not got the money for the gold service. They wouldn't want to entertain the gold service. So you don't mention it exists. And then you're surprised no one's taking your gold service. Well, no shit, Sherlock. How do you buy something if you don't know it exists? Right? So the first problem, the first reason why people make bad choices is that we get in our own way. We just get in our own way. If we don't believe it, how can they believe it? If we're not confident, how can they be confident? So there's a whole thing about getting in our own way. Now, every business we have, your industry and you, you have, you have creative solutions, creative services, creative products, right? They're solutions. They're solutions to problems that, you, that clients have. But solution follows problem, right? If I haven't got a problem, I've got a solution to nothing, right? So I, I've got a lovely solution and it, it does all these things and you go, I haven't got those problems. Imagine you went to Curry's and you just said, I'm looking for a Wi-Fi connector and they start reeling off all the features and benefits and none of them are relevant to your problem. They're telling you about all these speeds and your problem's not a speed problem. Yours is a coverage problem. It won't reach your bedroom. They're just reeling off solutions that are no good. So the first thing is, do clients understand the problem they really have, right? If they, if they don't really think they have a problem, no one gives a stuff about your solution. Yeah, yeah. Solves nothing. Do they know they've even got a problem? If they don't accept it's a problem, it's all right. I've seen the problem, but it's not really for us. So they've got to understand they have a problem. They've got to admit the problem. And the biggest thing is they've got to know how bad that problem is. If they come to you and you can see their creative problem is their arm is about to drop off, right? That's the severity of it. Their arm is about to drop off, but they think they've got pins and needles. They're not going to pay for your solution yet. Because I ain't paying to solve a little spitty problem. So it's, it's not just that they have to realize they've got a problem and, and 
accept it, but if they don't realize how bad it is, how much money is it costing them? How much time are they wasting? Quantify it over a year. How many thousands of pounds is that problem worth? Over a year, how many hundreds of hours is that problem worth? Now, when you tell me this is the price for it, I know how bad my problem is. So it's about understanding. They need to understand the problem, understand how bad it is, and then they need to understand how your solution solves it. So the next thing's about understanding. And then that's rooted right back to six-year-old simple. If you could make it so easy to understand the problem and the solution that a six-year-old could get it, is there any way an adult wouldn't get it? No. This is, you want a tip, right? So it's not, I teach businesses what to say and what to avoid saying. This is the stupidest question ever asked, right? But it gets asked all the time and it will start punching you in the face, right? You know, you know that they need to understand before they need to understand the problem and they need to understand how your solution solves it. If they don't, they're guessing. They're gonna go, maybe I'm guessing. So we can check understanding typically by saying, does that make sense? Do you understand? Is that clear? The only answer to that question is yes, because the other answer is no, I'm thick. And no one's gonna answer that. So if you say to someone, do you understand? Is that clear? They're gonna say, yeah, because they don't, and no one's gonna, actually I'm stu too stupid. I don't get it. So if you made it so simple that you didn't need to ask the question, does that make sense? If you said, I'm sure you know all about the creative process and the sorts of problems that people s suffer from and how my solution solves it, would it be okay if I just explain how mine, my service differs from the competition, just using very basic language, easy examples. It just makes it a lot easier for me to explain. No one's gonna go, no, Ben, what I'd like to see is you struggle. No one's gonna say, no, what I'd like you to do is laden it with jargon. I want you to talk about lank connectors going into scud sockets, because what I like to be is I like to be confused. No, no one's gonna say that. Is it okay if I explain how my service differs from the competition just using simple language remove the jargon very simple examples it, it it just makes it easier for me to explain you're putting all the stupid on you the the follow-up question to that then is because that, that makes total sense and i love the sort of the simplification of actually you're not you're not even thinking about selling you're thinking of solution and problems and how you solve that so i, I totally get that i suppose the next question though is as a, a business owner, I think probably part of the work is working out exactly what that is then. So no, so really kind of reverse engineering all the way back to what problem do I solve? Yeah. And, and how is my solution unique? And once you've completely nailed that, everything, I presume, becomes a bit more simple. Yeah. And it don't even need to be unique. Okay. You just have to tell your story as clear as it is, which just if you did, if there was five people all doing the same thing and you explained your six year old simple and everyone else was trying to impress people than help people understand, you would stand out straight away because you'd be the only one that they actually understood. 
but you're right it's like reverse engineering it. it the the problem is one of the big problems is people get fixated with the solution right and what the, the person comes to you with a problem and what they want is the impact of the problem removing so for example if if you looked out to your garden and the grass was long and you couldn't be bothered to cut it it's laborious it's time consuming it you get dirty you can't be bothered you don't do a particularly good job that's the problem now i could come to you ben and i could say would you like me to cut your lawn with a goat and you'd go not really no i wouldn't like that ian because the goat would probably eat my flowers and the goat would probably be exceedingly slow and the goat might you know upset the neighbors but their assumptions they might not be true i could say ben would you like me to cut your lawn with a laser beam and again you'd go not really ian no i wouldn't like that you'd end up slicing through my ties you'd kill the next door neighbor you'd burn the fence down but again that may or may not be true so you'd be you'd make a choice based on what you thought the solution was or wasn't going to do now if you came back to your house you had this problem of long grass that you didn't want to do time consuming laborious a pain in the ass and you got back and your grass was absolutely beautiful Mwah, delightful lovely grass right i'd actually call it the lawn but i'm from royal berkshire so i'm a little bit posh right so the lawn is immaculate now do you care whether i cut it with a pair of scissors a goat a laser beam or a lawnmower i ain't bothered i don't care what the solution was it got rid of the problem and i've got the outcome i wanted i wasn't even there to see how you cut it and the thing is if that's the you know i can get it i can do this and i can do that for you and i can and i'm thinking i don't know if that works i'm going to make an assumption that it might work it might not work it might be confusing what i want to know is get rid of my problem and get me the result i want and how you do it i almost don't really give a toss but if you sell if you sell the solution i haven't seen it yet i'm gonna to have to guess i don't have to guess about the problem i've got because i know i've got that and I don't need to guess about what impact I'd like. More clients taking more services, charging more money. I don't have to guess that. So don't sell solutions, sell problems. On your on your website, there's a couple of lines that really made me, um, well, it was really interesting lines. And one of them was how business owners can have more effective conversations, which I love the sound of. Um, is effective conversations a bit about what you were just talking about and um and or or how does it differ so i suppose the question is how can we have how can all business owners have have more effective conversations is it down to does it come down to the solution and the problem yeah really firstly you need to make sure you're revealing problems that they hadn't considered were the right you know people sometimes people come to you i've got this and you're thinking mm, not really you've got this they think they've got this one over here they've got that one over there or they know they've got this one but they've forgotten about this one and this one and this one right so the first thing is where every business is solving problems so we need to make sure they know what those problems are and then once they know what the problems are which of them do you think is causing you the biggest headache if you would got 
my dad said this to me as a, a little uh, little lad. He said, imagine there was a, a printer firing off loads and loads of pieces of paper. And at the end of the line, there's a little lady with arthritic hands stapling it up to make it into pamphlets. And you wanted more pamphlets. You don't need a faster printer. Right, that's not the problem. You need more ladies with arthritic hands or get some sort of connection device, right? So if you know I've got problem A, B, C, D, and E, okay, now that you know them, because you only thought you had C before you spoke to me, so you've got five, which one do you believe at this stage? Do you think is causing you the biggest headache? Actually, probably not that one, it's this one, okay. How much of a problem is it causing you? How many hours are you wasting doing it? How much money is it costing you? So now I know, if it's a 20 pound problem, I'm not gonna spend 60, 600 quid solving it. If it's a 20,000 pound problem, I can. One of the problems in any business is that clients focus on price instead of value, right? There's a very good reason for that. It's so blindingly obvious, right? Most businesses will make you money, save you money, save you time. Anyone that says that's not the case is talking out their ring piece. I'll show you why, right? They say, I don't do those things, Ian. I help get rid of anxiety. Okay, so if you were a business person, what would you do if you were less anxious? Well, you'd go to more meetings. You'd speak to more people in more meetings. Okay, what's the result of more meetings, speaking to people, more people in more meetings? Well, you'd have more conversations. What would happen? Then you'd have more clients. What would happen? You more money, it leads to money, right? So a business will make you money, save you money, save you time. They're the three results. And if you save people time, what are they likely to do? Is it likely they might do more of the thing they like? Making shoes, creating arts, making web pages. Does that make money? Yes, so that time will make them more money. It always leads to money, right? So we know the real reason to do anything is to, to make money. I don't want a website. I, even I'm not so delusionally arrogant that I want to go, I've got a website just so you can look at my round cherubic face, right? Even I am not like that. So I wanted to make money. So you say to someone, if you create me a logo, if you create me an animation, if you create me a website, if you create me something creative that will help my business, how much money will I make? Here are the standard replies. I don't know. I can't tell. I'd be guessing. It depends. It's impossible. Now, do you know why they're focusing on your price? So how do you, how, if, for instance, so a real world example, then I suppose this, this would be quite interesting is um, a promotional video for a website so yeah. if um and this and this is quite interesting because i had this the other day um where a, a client said you know what what's the general roi for a promo film on a website and i and i was totally honest and this and that's why i'm bringing it up now because i said i sort of i, I well, basically i said it depends because it, it totally depends on how good that website is how good your seo and all these things so i i basically yeah. i basically dodged a question yeah because it's difficult to get those numbers so it's if difficult. if you are in that position or if people are in that position where they don't yeah. really know and really concrete about those numbers what how do you answer that question okay firstly it might appear difficult right so the first thing is are you are anyone open to believe it's not actually difficult if it's if i said it was six-year-old simple 
right? If people think it can't be, it won't be, right? I can't, I can't run a mile in less than four minutes. It's not impossible. It's just, I'm not, I can't do it, but it's possible to do it. I think 17,000 people have done it or 170,000, whatever it is, it's not, but it took Roger Bannister to do it before people sort of got past that mental block. You know, I can't get to the moon in my little cardboard rocket, but it doesn't mean it's impossible. It is impossible. It's twaddle, right? It then obviously doesn't exist, right? They can't get to the moon, but let's not fall out about that right now, right? So there's a big thing between, is it impossible? Is it difficult? What if it really wasn't, right? The single worst answer, if it ends at this point, is it depends. What a load of old cack that answer is, right? And the reason is, if you're the expert and they're the beginner, right? Whose job is it to make something easy? Is it the expert's job to make it easy that knows about this, has anecdotal stories, has evidence and skills? Or is it the beginner that knows Jack Tidley? Can't be the beginner's fault. It can't be the beginner. Here's, the, here's an example of this, right? I'll show you exactly. How long's a piece of string? Right, that's, that's it depends. It, it, how long's a piece of string? I can't tell you. Okay, if I said to you, Ben, what's the smallest piece of string that you can ever recall seeing? What's the smallest piece of string that you can remember, visualize seeing? Um, I mean, I can't think of, can't think of the string off. off have, the you ever, have you ever seen a little tiny bit of string on a tabletop or on, on your shirt collar or something, just a tiny little- Oh yeah, threads yeah. and things, yeah. Yeah, a little thread. So how long would that be in mill, roughly speaking? Well, a couple of inches, maybe. Couple of inches, right? Let's, yeah, a couple of inches. So that's the smallest piece of string, right? Have you ever seen a, a big ball of string like that? Mm, mm. That likely to be the sort of biggest amount you've seen, a big ball of string. Big yarn. Big, big yarn of string, yeah? I did some research because I'm a big sad git, right? And I've got nothing better to do with my time than research lengths of balls of string, right? They typically about 250 meters to 500 meters, those balls of string, right? Less, right? So how long is a piece of string? Reality is between a couple of inches and 250 meters, right? There's a lot of distance between a couple of inches and 250 meters, but there are less units in between that than between zero and infinity, right? Between naught and never ending. Yeah. So it, yeah. of course it depends. Everything sodding depends. It depends on how many people you speak to. It depends on how much you charge. It depends on how many you convert. It depends on whether COVID comes back. It depends on whether the internet gets you. Of course it bloody depends. But are there certain reasonable things that it could depend on? Well, it depends on how many people, how many days a work, week they work. And some people work two and work, some people work five. If you said on average three and a half days a week, would that be reasonable? Yeah. And it depends on how much they charge you. And some people charge 300 quid. Some people charge 3000 quid. Okay. What's the average typically? Maybe a thousand quid. Okay. So now we're starting to get some of the dependence. So if you knew how many people you spoke to and you knew how many you typically converted on average and you knew the charges, you'd be able to put this thing times this thing times this thing would give you a close approximation to something. Mm -hmm. Let's say you spoke to someone and you'd done a promo video and you said, what impact did it make to your business? Oh, it made a huge impact, Ben. I mean, you say it made a huge impact. What impact did it make? 
oh, we got loads of extra views. Wow, it's fantastic. Are you okay if I just ask a couple of questions on this? Yeah. I mean, because it's really, really useful information. Oh, you asked me anything, Ben. You say you got a lot of extra views. How many is a lot of extra views? Oh, it's really hard to say. So I've never counted it up. I mean, you're looking at, you know, a, a thousand extra views, 10,000 extra views, 100,000. I'd probably say 3,000 extra views. Wow, 3,000 extra views, did you? Again, I don't know your business and how many of those views turn into conversations. I mean, I'm probably, I don't know, one in 20. One in 20, so what, 3,000 divided by 20. You're looking about, what, about 150 conversations you had on the back of it? Yeah, something like that, maybe 100. Maybe 100 then, yeah? Again, I know in that 100 conversations, there were probably time wasters. There were people that you didn't want to deal with. There were people who weren't ready yet or just physically didn't have the money. But I mean, if you had 100 conversations, how many turned into spending clients? Probably six. Six. How much do you charge? Oh, it varies between, well, anything from a thousand to two thousand pounds. Oh, if we said fifteen hundred in the middle, would that be reasonable? Yeah. So you gain six clients at one thousand five hundred quid. What's that? Six times fifteen hundred. Nine nine thousand quid a business, was it? Yeah. Well, how much did you charge? Did I charge you? I can't remember now. Nine hundred quid. So you made your money 10 times over. Now, could you use that piece of information to help people next? I can't talk, you know, the last person, wait, he, he paid about 900 quid. He made in a month, he made 9,000 pound of extra business. So he made his money 10 times over. You could start using this information to help the next person to make a better choice. Because otherwise I'm guessing if I say, will it make me get me clients? Will it get me conversations? Will it get me downloads? Will it get me business? Will it get me? And the answer is, I don't know. I can't tell. It's impossible to say it depends. Mm. That leaves me to guess. And do you want to leave business to guesswork? Right? If you don't, I can't say what I can do for you, but I can tell you the last three businesses that I work with, one got a thousand extra views, one got 2000 extra views, one got 500 extra views, a post, a whatever. On average, they tend to get about 1200 extra views. Do you think you could get what people like you in similar businesses to you are getting or are you so sodding unique, nothing applies to you, you massive pillock, right? Don't say that last bit. <laughs> But that's the rule, you know, that's all we're doing. We're helping people make better choices. I can't see into the future, but I can look at the past. If you think what you could get is similar to people like you, that it's going to be somewhere between a couple of inches of string to 250 meters of string. If that gives you something better to work on rather than guessing. Yeah, that, that, that makes perfect sense because you're talking kind of ballpark figures. So rather than just saying depends and moving on to another subject um, or, you know, being fluffy about it, you say, well, the last few I've done is in between this and that. Um, and a person in your similar circumstance or business in your certain circumstance can expect this or, or, or whatever it is. And, and the why, more why, people... why that's why that's great is because whether it's a promo film, whether it's photos on a website, whether it's any creative act, uh, it makes that, business owner dig into the numbers so when they're in that position next time they can nail the answer and not only that but the person that you've your service was amazing and they said oh you got to use ben it was absolutely fantastic 
but they've never done the mathematics to ever get to how much money they paid versus how much money they made. So they don't know. So they, oh, I got quite a few this is, I got occasional that's, I got more views, I got more interactions, but it's all just loose rubbish. Once they can see the multiplication, I got three times more, I got six times more, I made 200 pound more, I made a million pound more. When they tell the story, instead of, you've got to speak to Ben, he's got a fantastic beard, he can even spin it out in the corners. Great bloke, amazing service. That turns into, you've got to speak to Ben, fantastic beard, a lovely plumage, right? Brilliant bloke with a brilliant service. I made my money six times over. It's not changing what they said about you, it's adding something they didn't know existed. This is something that's coming into my head. So. An ROI on a video, you could absolutely do the numbers on. What about what I would sort of call decisions that you have to make in your business that require investment that I can't, maybe, maybe you'll be able to give me the answer, that I, I really couldn't find a way to get the numerical value of. So for instance, investing in a logo, how, how would you work backwards from that and sort of get, get this numerical value of that? Two things. One, again, you, you did frame it like this, but um, so you, you're thinking, I don't know how to do it, but is it possible? That's the first thing. If you think something can't be done by default, it can't be done. You won't even go looking for it. But it's no different. Nothing's any different, right? You speak to three people you've done a logo for, right? Has it made an impact to your business? I'm not expecting them to say, I got six extra clients at 1500 quid. And that's not realistic, right? That isn't, but did your logo make an impact? So if I, did it make an impact? Yes. So just give me a flavor of what you think. Imagine you speak to someone, they, do any of the people that you've uh, done just at this, so is there anyone that you've worked with that you know your logo's made an impact? Yeah? And do any of them like you? You're a likable chap, you've done a service that's brilliant. And so if you said, can I, can I have a chat with you? They're not gonna say no sod off. Hmm. They're likely to go, yeah, that's fine, right? So you say, what was the impact? Now imagine you said to someone when, because they've probably already said, oh, it made a huge difference. It made a huge impact. What? So imagine you've, you're them. What is it likely they could say when you've said they it's a huge difference, it's made a huge impact to my business. You say, oh, that's brilliant. What? What what could they come back with? What's the thing you think they're likely to come back with? Well, in an ideal world, I mean, whether it's logos, photos, video, it would be the perception of my business is increased. Like it's my perception is very positive because of how I present myself. Honestly. Okay. So they say my perception's better. And and, and what's the what what's that? What's the effect of this happening now that the perception's higher and everything? What's what's that led to happening? I mean, for example, have they got more? Have they got more? Just let's go. That's right at the far end. But let's go back. Have they noticed more likes on posts? Have they noticed more views? Have they noticed more shares, more reposts? Have they noticed more downloads of their book? Have they noticed more phone calls? Have they noticed more email messages? What's the thing they've noticed something that's not sales, but it's something they might've had more phone calls. What's the thing that they've noticed more of? Okay. Just give me one thing. I don't care what it is. Um, more more likes on the, the post where the logo is. Okay, more likes. 
So, I mean, you, this is an easy game to play because all they have to do, they could, it's documented evidence. I mean, they could go back six months to a post that didn't and start looking at two or three posts and work on average, they got three to five likes a post, right? They could then look how many they're getting now. And let's say it was 14 to 16 likes a post. So the number's gone from, from say three to maybe 15 likes. Right, so straight away, just using very basic mathematics, if your typical was three and your typical's now 15, 15 divided by three is five times more. I mean, six-year-old simple maths, a child of six can do 15 divided by three, right? That, I mean, that is literally five and six-year-old mathematics, nothing more complicated than that. So this, even if that's all it was, it doesn't even get to money yet. You've got to use Benny's absolutely fantastic, lovely beard. You've got to use Benny's absolutely fantastic, lovely beard. Since I used his logos, I got five times more likes. Interesting. And that, and, and if they're reporting that back to you, you can then take that to your next conversation. Yeah. So he tell, this one tells you five more likes. This one tells you seven more likes. This one tells you nine. The average of five, seven, and nine is seven. So on average, the last three businesses, they did five, seven, and nine. On average, they got about seven times more likes. So this says to me, and it's something that I certainly don't do, and I don't know if the people listening do either, is this really speaks to the value of following up with clients, not just to see if they're quote unquote happy, um, but you take it further. Um, and you can actually use that customer if they're really happy and if they're happy to have a quick chat, you do a bit of digging and work out really what the value is. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's uh, which obviously keeps a relationship going, which is never a bad thing. Um, and they're, and they're probably, if they're happy with the service, they're going to be happy to chat about it um, because they'll be feel like they're, they're helping you out too. They're going to have no problem helping you out because you've helped them and it's made an impact. Also, if you said, you know, you did someone a website, you did someone a logo, you did someone a photograph, you did something, most things, the chances are, if you ask immediately, was that what you wanted? Yes. Chances are, once you've had time to play test it a month, two months, six weeks later, there might have been a tiny ref little refinement. And yeah, it might cost, take you a few minutes to refine it, change your blue to a green or something. But you've entered dialogues, so there's a possibility Right? Is it possible that if you've if you showed you phoned up someone and said, "Look, it's just one. I'd love to get your feedback. Two, if there's any little changes I can make them. Three, I just want to find out what sort of impact it made to your business. So it's quite transparent. There's nothing dodgy about any of this stuff. You help turn them from a, a client into a loyal cheerleader. You use the information for future people and say, "This information's gold dust. Can I use it to help other clients?" They're going to say yes. People like to see friends succeed. Right? So we grab this information in, if, if I just exposed to you that if you gave me 289 pounds, you'd made 2000 pounds, even if I wasn't selling you anything, is it possible you're thinking I might want to do some more of that, Jack? You know, if you do a logo and a this and a this and a this, and you've exposed that for 900 quid, they've already made 3000 quid, or they're going to within a year, they made the money three times over, Am I more inclined to actually say, I'd actually like you to do this, this, and this now? You're not selling them anything. All you're exposing is the truth. The, the real truth, you're doing nothing more sinister than helping them realize what the truth is. People buy on emotions and justify with logic. 
you go to buy a coat i love that coat you turn it around 600 pounds you can absolutely bollocks right bought it emotionally could not justify it logically every service i help you more confidence i give you more focus i give you more clarity i help you stand out does it make people money save people money save people time both worlds linked together i'm i'm emotionally challenged i'm not even convinced i'm human right but i'm pretty good at logic six-year-old simple logic six-year-old simple numbers make it easy for people to buy then you don't need to get better at selling my mind is blown in um so i'm just a, i'm just aware of of the time so i'd like to ask one question just before going on to final three if that's all right yeah because i'm aware of your timetable today um so there was um part of the creative collective we do a monthly mastermind session where we uh where the businesses chat about you know pain points what's going well what isn't going well and we can sort of support each other and there was a person who brought up um well they said uh, well they apologized essentially for bringing up money um and that is i think a very common thing especially for some reason in the creative business because they're so separate you know the creativity and the business so how how do we go about changing that mindset um about our attitude to money i suppose or or speaking about money okay again everything here i failed at more times than anyone's tried 24 years obsessed on this subject right i can 11,000 hours of cock-ups you go into a shop you're going to buy a radio the radio's 150 quid you say i'm very sorry but i forgot my wallet can i pay you with a logo don't know what's the value of a logo right if you knew the value of your logos was typically worth a thousand pound a year would you feel more confident say you give me 150 quid and i give you a thousand pound back it's a money for money exchange the reason it's awkward to bring up money is because you don't know the value of a logo. You don't know the value of a photograph. You don't know the value of a website. You don't know the value. It's got no numerical value. So you're thinking, and if you now, now that's going to affect my confidence. I'm going to be unsure of my price. I'm going to be uncomfortable bringing it up. I'm now not confident selling myself. Well, if you don't bring the price up, they don't know it exists. If you're not confident selling yourself, how are they going to be confident buying? The whole thing spirals into a big, horrible mess. You speak to three people, you work out even loosely what your value is, and you go, bugger me, it's 20 times more than my cost. I'm more confident selling myself. I can demonstrate the value of my cost is X times. It's not a problem. No one said, no, no one would have a problem saying, if you gave me 150 quid and I can't see into the future, but I, roughly speaking, you got about 2000 pound back. Would that seem like a good deal? I haven't got a problem asking for money to give you more back. I've got a problem asking for money for something that obviously hasn't got a value of money attached to it. I don't know what I've, I don't know what a logo's worth, but I can find out. If you're not confident selling yourself, how can they be confident buying? There's the you problem. If they're focusing on the price, it's because you're not demonstrating the value. So that problem's catered for. And we, I said, if they don't realize how bad their problem is, and one of the ways to do that is to demonstrate how much money it's costing them, how much money they're leaving on the table, how many hours they're wasting with posts that don't do anything. Or, But that involves numbers. And when you get one bit right, they spiral into your messaging gets better, which builds your confidence and your confidence is better. So you ask better questions and you, you ask better questions. So you get and it all spirals by doing nothing more sinister before they can use you 
first they have to choose you we can help them only once we've helped them make a better choice what's stopping them make a bad choice tackle that help them make a good choice to do that you've got to get yourself out of the way the messaging out of the way and the price value out of the way solve those three and it becomes a much easier game and also i think this is really good because if you if you're really honest with yourself and you're struggling to answer those things well how is El how is anybody else going to buy from you so it actually it's sort of you turn yourself inward you self-reflect and say well actually what what value do i give um which once you absolutely nail that like i said earlier and like you just said it makes everything just fall into place doesn't it in terms of those those effective conversations one piece a lot of people build a price up based on the hours it takes them right which straight away doesn't work it's 150 pound an hour but as you if you would be a hobbit and live to your thousand years old you'd be faster so instead of charging 150 quid you charge 75 quid for doing it half the time because you're better that doesn't make sense right but I'm not paying you for the time it takes you. I'm paying for the time it saves me and the impact it don't, it's not about just going 50 quid an hour for two hours, it's hundred, that's not relevant to anything. How many hours is it saving them? What's the impact it's gonna make to them? How much money will it make them? How much money will it save them? Again, I, it, it seems initially hard, but if you break it down into small component parts, it's very, very easy. Very easy, you've just gotta keep, I'm not good at solving hard problems. I'm the world's thickest genius. I'm good at making hard problems easy because I'm much better at solving easy problems than hard ones. Make it, that's too hard, yeah? No, it's too hard. It's too hard. Make it easy. Make it easy. That's uh, that's a nice way to go into um, the final three questions, Ian. Um, how do you define success and what does it look like for you in your business? So in, it's the impact it makes people. Success is the impact, whether it's emotional, whether it's, I'm more, I've got more clarity, I'm more confident, I've got rid of anxiety, I'm, uh, you know, it's an emotional tie and the logical tie. So it's the, what's the impact, what's the repercussions of the impact it's made? You know, has it got them more clients, taking more services, charging more money? Is their business now a success? It's what impact has it made to people emotionally and logically? So that's, that's success for me. Brilliant. Thank you. Um, and for your chosen profession, what's a book or resource that has had the biggest impact on you? So the last book I read, proper book, was in 1984. It was the BFG. I don't care for reading books. People say, it's, oh, you've got to read the book. Can't be bothered, right? I've read three books in my entire life. The BFG, possibly. I think I read the front cover and back cover. TV Quick, 2010 Christmas edition. I was trying to work out what was an ITV. And Razzle top shelf publication three books so i'm not the best person to suit this but i did attend something it was donald miller about story brand and he was coming from a marketing side of things but he was also sell problems you, there's no point with your solution till it's solving a problem so to come from a completely different direction mine's logical you know mathematical and then he's coming from emotional english to come to the same conclusion that was good so that would probably, it, it wasn't that I, I needed to change direction. It was just nice to have that sort of sell problems, delve into problems, understand problems, chunk, validated by someone else. Perfect. Well, I'm glad you didn't um, just say razzle and then 
and then just leave a really pregnant pause to see what to see what I would have done with that. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for that. Let's uh, let's leave Razzle there then. Um, yeah. Just before the the th uh, the final question, where can people find you online? If they can't find Ian Genius on LinkedIn, something's seriously gone awry, right? Ian Genius, go on LinkedIn, Ian Genius, send me a message. I've got all sorts of bits and pieces they can, uh, I've got a little interactive PDF where I do a 30 minute taster session, or if they're too scared, the bloke's a nutcase, I don't wanna go anywhere, I don't want him to darken my door. I've got two eBooks, how to stand out and stay remembered, how to sell without selling. So there's on an interactive PDF, so if they connect to me on that, I can just send them that um, or just iangenius.co.uk. Perfect. Okay. Thank you. Um, and finally, um, I'm going to change this question slightly, but in one sentence, what one piece of advice would you give a person starting in your industry tomorrow? But I suppose it's for this one, it's easier for a business owner. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'd say make it six year old simple. Right, make whatever you're doing six-year-old simple. If you said that to a six-year-old, what would they say? If the answer is I don't know, you're knackered, right? Because you don't really know what how intelligent someone is, and they might nod and agree with you all day long, but they're thinking something else. So make it six-year-old simple. Don't bam, but you can say, My dad said it to me, he said, Ian, you're a sophisticated rhetorician inebriated with the exuberance of your own verbosity. He said, What McTeagle's Pottery, uh, poetry is doing is rejecting all the common cliches of modern pottery. He suggests that we're leaving a chocolate proboscis only to enter a hinterland of negation and that contemporaneity is the synchronicity between time and culture. Horseshit. But if you want to bamboozle people with rubbish, do what you like. But if you want them to understand, make it six-year-old simple. If you'd said it to a six-year-old and said, can you repeat what I've just told you? They'd go, yes, I can, right? Make it six-year-old simple. No one wants to be impressed. They want to understand. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Squaring the Circle. If you want to support the show, you can do two things. Number one, you can subscribe. And number two, you can leave a review. Thanks very much and I'll see you soon.